This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is May 5th, 2021. This is episode 300. 31 on the Cinco of the DeMaio. I am Dan oh. Ellis, <laughs> joined by my two fabulous co hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. And Mr. Taylor Grant. <laughs> May the fourth be with you and happy revenge of the fifth. Oh, oh. No. oh so I, you guys don't know. We didn't talk about this during our like hour I, I and a half pre show chat that. <laughs> The, the May the 4th thing bothers me, and Tracy thinks it's hilarious that it bothers me. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't, I can't escape it. I can't go fucking anywhere without it. It hit me at work yesterday. They, were, they sent out an email it? about it. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. It's not that I hate it. It's just, I don't know. It, seems, it, seems, overplayed. it seems a bit contrived and forced. And, and so it bothers me <laughs> for that reason. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I think it's the same thing that happens to a lot of like I, uh, listeners, please. Like I'm not trying to like fully equate the two, but like kind of minority communities, you know, like, like gay folks, um, you know, like I'm like, I'm bi, but you know, it's most of the time I feel like an outsider looking in, like we'll often complain about like the rainbow capitalism of, of like different groups, um, you know, adopting like LGBT type, language and and support right with quote uh-huh. fingers yeah. um you know but it's all it's all in order to like engender customer loyalty and the same kind of thing has been happening with a lot of like nerd culture stuff and nerds mm-hmm. have traditionally been you know very socially oppressed especially in like the school context and i think there's been a lot of the same thing with like the burgeoning uh popularity of of things like stranger things and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i you know it's kind of weird like now that we're not you know hissed at um people are trying to capitalize on us uh and i can see some of that hissed at. That's fucking perfect. I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it but that's perfect yeah <laughs> we're not hissed at yeah i'm picturing i'm picturing some old crone fucking like hissing and and like hunching her back and curling her fingers into into claws while hissing at somebody yeah that's funny. Get out of my swamp, you kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about the fact I literally hissed at a cat today. Oh, I mean, there you go. <laughs> why, did, why did you hiss at a cat today? Well, I was in my garage and I had the garage door open like I do during this time of year. And <laughs> one of the neighborhood cats came into my driveway and just stopped and looked at me because I didn't realize I was there. So I hissed at it. <laughs> <laughs> so you woke up this morning and chose violence. Got it. <laughs> it, it well, that's the way it talks to me. So that's the way I'm going to talk back at it. <laughs> Ryan's meeting the cat where it is. <laughs> yep. I, I fucking... 
the other day we were playing video games and and Sandra opened up the the window or the blinds of the window and a bunch of light pours in and I just like jokingly but reflexively like hiss at the sun you know, and pull in the, yeah. <laughs> right and and apparently I had hissed like at just the right octave or whatever you know that is to where our cat who tends to sit between us looked at me like what the fuck did I do I'm sorry <laughs> you're scaring avocado stop it <laughs> I was like I'm sorry dude <laughs> like, but yeah it's not something I thought about uh, <laughs> so, so I mentioned that we had like this, this very long pre-show chat and part of yeah. that or, or, or a large part of that was talking about social media and its effect on the world at large and, and politics here in the United States. And my announcement yesterday on Facebook that I was thinking about abandoning the platform entirely if they allowed Donald Trump to resume his fuckery and uh, destruction of our society. <laughs> so yeah. that mm-hmm. launched us into this very long conversation about that, that uh, we'll, we'll have as one of the major blocks of this episode. And we, we didn't talk about it in there, but did you see Donald Trump's new uh, social media page he launched? Yeah. Oh man, I I haven't looked at it myself. It's but that's because, literally a blog yeah. page yeah, that he yeah, tried yeah. to make look like a Twitter page. Right. <laughs> well, so I I'm on a really good subreddit called Parlor Watch. Okay. Um, and it started as literally just like a hey, you don't want to be on Parlor, but we will steal posts from Parlor and put them here so you can see what the nutbags are talking about. The kind of and shit then, that's going down on Parlor. Mm-hmm. And then when Parler got briefly shut down and like other sites like that, like Gab and that kind of thing started proliferating, the the subreddit was like, OK, we started as a Parler thing, but we're just going to track like right wing bullshittery, like alternative social media sites in general. Um, and so they've also been following the emails that Trump has been putting out. And this blog social media thing that Trump just started is basically a way for him to like post to Twitter without posting to Twitter. And so he's taking those things that were previously email press releases and now just publishing them to this. Yeah. Like basically WordPress blog. Um, There's nothing social about his new social media page, right? It's all about (laughs) his ability to broadcast his bullshit and then hopefully have his people, you know, take screenshots of that and push it out on social media. So I'm aware of it through that. I don't necessarily know if I want to visit the website itself. <laughs> no, I don't want to give it any traction. So I just, yeah. I saw photos of it and I'm like, it, it's, it's a blog page yeah. that is yeah. made to resemble Twitter. Yep. You fucking nitwit. <laughs> yeah. There's been, <laughs> there's been a bunch of, a bunch of stuff that has been announced surrounding I don't know the the orange menace and the cult that he has managed to create around his dumb fuckery. Like I still, I don't know. I'm just I I, I grow increasingly despondent and unhappy with the voluminous number of people who have bought into his particular brand of bullshit that they just you know, mm-hmm. uncritically swallow all of the horseshit that he fucking shovels at them. And it's not because it's true. It's because it's what they want to believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that it's, 
not true and it's what they want to believe and that it's awful shit and that it's and that they really want to believe this awful shit about the country and our and this and the current state of affairs and mm-hmm. you know civil rights and and discourse between different groups of people that his cult followers really want this to be the way the world operates is just incredibly disheartening and and I don't know, anger making, cringe worthy, <laughs> sad, disappointing. Like I just, I don't even know how to handle, or or I don't have the proper vocabulary to to even adequately express how disappointed I am at the rose colored or the rose tinted glasses I had worn prior to Trump's arrival on the political scene, mm-hmm. where I had had believed that, you know. For the most part, people are good, and I and I still think that, right? I still think that for the most part, people by and large are good and want to do good things. But they, there, there's way too many people who would cast aside their humanity in support of a fucking monster who will promote their own idealism regarding bigotry and which groups should be excluded from the American enterprise, and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if it makes you feel better, like <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt openly supported eugenics, right? Um, 30,000 people in 1930s population numbers, right? Marched in New York in support of fascism. Um, FDR fought fascism, but also put the Japanese in internment camps, mm-hmm. right? And that's all pre-civil rights era stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we we have been moving forward and we have been through similar social upheavals in the past and and like taking the long view. As long as good people continue to try and do good stuff, our society has trended to have a two steps forward, one step back, you know, kind of thing. And it Mm -hmm. feels like it sucks to be in that one step back. And we were just in that one step back. Was it only one, though? (laughs) Like, it seems like it was so many more than one step back. I mean, when you reduce, right, the the fucking terms of the equation, yes. You know, okay, so it was a thousand steps back, but we're about (laughs) to take 2,000 forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like at the very long view, um, the fucking crazy thing is, is that Joe fucking Biden is going to end up having and has already in many ways had the most progressive platform of a U.S. president in history. Mm-hmm. Now, relative to the people he was like surrounded by, right? Like in relative terms, FDR was way more progressive than like his peers, right? Mm-hmm. But in absolute terms, uh, Joe Biden is already more progressive than President Obama. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. is wild to me, and I'm sure to so many of the Bernie Bros out there who. We're like, oh, no, Biden's a fucking right-wing lunatic, and he's going to drag us back, and he doesn't fucking care about young people. He doesn't care about black people. He doesn't care about anything but white people and being in the middle of the road fucking guy. I got so tired of arguing with those people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, never before have transgender people been mentioned in a state of the union, let alone have a president say that he has their back. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, never before has a transgender person been nominated to a and, and confirmed in a cabinet level position. We have an openly gay uh, uh, secretary of transport. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can yeah. you, if, if yeah. I told you in 2008 that we would have an openly gay cabinet secretary, right? You would say that I'm fucking crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. the, the diversity that is exemplified throughout his administration is astounding. Like it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's remarkable not only for for the 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 width and the breadth and depth of the diversity within his cabinet, but that it's coming from Joe fucking Biden, who right. yeah. who most people thought would be this you know entirely centrist you know nineteen eighties maybe nineteen nineties if you want to be a little more progressive about it mm-hmm. democratic president who has blown away all previous standards for what is considered inclusive and diverse throughout our Mm -hmm. government. And it's fucking amazing and wonderful. And I still see people trying to shit on him for all of the good that he's done and all of the progress that he's making that it's still not enough. And of course it's never enough, right? We we can always be more inclusive, always be more diverse, but Jesus Christ, the, the leaps and bounds from not only the prior administration, but the president that Joe Biden served as vice president with is astounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I honestly think it's because he like to, to look back at Biden's career, he has tended to be a person who changes with the times um, and who updates his positions to those of the contemporary time rather than entrenching himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good. Like we need to stop. We need to allow politicians the space to improve upon their own pasts if and, they do so in good faith. Yeah. And he has surrounded himself with really good advisors and people with great ideas who he's actually listening to rather than just paying lip service to people who would support the people that are providing him those those insights and that advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to insert a little break here and. You guys will hear the discussion that we had prior to actually starting the real quote unquote record. <laughs> We've been recording in reverse this this week. <laughs> and then after that we'll be back uh on the other side to give you some closing comments and to cover a couple other stories perhaps that have been interesting and or of note. Oh yeah. Hello, my name is Michelle Short, co-chapter head for the Satanic Temple in Arizona, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Please find us on the interwebs at thesatanictemplearizona.com. You tell them that I may not be back tomorrow, but I will return like an angry Jesus, raining down blood and filth and terror on all those who betrayed me. Classic Jesus. You mess with his money, he fucks you right up. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Dan, glad to see you're still on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) I was honestly thinking they were going to give it back to him. Yeah, I was too. And I was fully prepared to just say, fuck it, I'm done with Facebook because that's... That's that's too much. That's too much for me. I can't fucking there would there would be no way that I could uh maintain my membership with Facebook. Yeah. I could not in good conscience maintain a Facebook account. And I know it's stupid. Like 
Facebook wouldn't give a shit, but you know, if no. enough people do it, then maybe they would pay attention and not platform fucking people like that. But it's hard because so many people have their, their work lives, their, their mm-hmm. individual projects and shit tied so deeply to Facebook that yeah. it's impossible for them to break away. So I think Facebook needs to be broken up. Honestly is, is yeah. my, th- is my jam. Like they have way too much power. They've purchased way too many other social media networks that were competitors. And now people are left with no real alternative. I, so from a pragmatic perspective, and maybe this is something we should talk about on the show, mm. but I actually have some light pushback on that. Not, not because I disagree with you, but because I don't think that that's how like social networks work. There's, there's this inverse squared law in terms of the value of any given network that it's, it's value is, um, it's value is equal to the square of the number of connections between nodes. So it's not an inverse squared law. It's just a squared law. But um, so basically if you have multiple small social networks, they will be um, like geometrically uh, less valuable than a single social network with lots less of connections. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that it is pragmatic or even, even necessarily good to like, have multiple different social networks. Instead, I think that like if Facebook is the one that kind of got to its critical mass first, then Facebook needs to be better and potentially externally regulated. You know, I think that, that like, I don't think that you can quite go so far as to say that Facebook should be a utility um, and owned by the government. But I think that it should have some sort of board of directors that have interests above and beyond, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's, if if that makes sense, like but it should be something that's more democratized than it is. Presently. I think I think a board of directors might have wanted Trump back on there because that's profit. Well, but I mean, you could say it's the same <laughs> thing about Mark Zuckerberg because he cares about almost nothing but profit. True. Well, yeah, it's just I, I don't know. And, and it, I, it, 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 I mean, that to me, that just sounds like um, advocating for a monopolistic dynastic product that rules mm-hmm. everybody's lives. And I don't well, think I mean, that's a great my way to go. Space is still out there. My <laughs> state, my space is still around. You can <laughs> still get on MySpace. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, like dig still exists and dig was Reddit before Reddit existed. Yeah. You know, but nobody uses it anymore because there's less value in something that hits less eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And so like, I absolutely like, I agree with you that like monopolies in general are bad. But if you're talking network stuff, um, monopolies are kind of the best way to do it. Like, imagine if there were multiple well, they're, segmented They're most internets. effective in, in communicating to a broader base of people. But yeah. if you have fuck stains mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. over yeah, yeah. that network that are unregulated right. and are promoting actual harm in the real world, that's a mm-hmm. real fucking problem. Right, right. But I think the problem is regulation, not not breaking it up in this particular like if we were talking about like if every single like if we're talking like the 1920s, you know, where there is one company from whom you can buy like oil, right? Or one company from whom you can buy, you know, I don't know, fucking cheese. Or sticks, one railroad right? like, to use. Yeah, yeah. Or or Nestle owns all of the water, right? Like I would think that that's, you know, that's that's functionally different than in information space. 
Um, where I agree that there needs to be regulation to prevent it from being like tyrannized for lack of a better term. Um, information networks are only valuable by nature of the number of connections that they have squared. Um, so like if we had like, if, if Kansas had one internet and Utah had another internet, right. And for us to like communicate between your internet and my internet, we had to go through a bunch of bullshit. That would be a significantly less valuable internet than the one that we have now that is essentially global. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and social networks are much the same way. Um, where they have value based on the number of connections that you can have to lots of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Well, and then I would wonder what, what you mean by value? Like, are you talking Mm -hmm. value, value to who? Right. So value to the user in terms of, um, the ability to, how, how do I want to like interconnect one's own friend groups? Right. So like, let's, let's pretend that like me and you, Dan, were friends on Google plus, but mm. Ryan only used Facebook and I used Facebook, but Dan, you didn't use Facebook. Mm. So for the three of us to interface, I would have to be the go between yeah. for you and Ryan, right. For Dan and Ryan, mm-hmm. because two of you are on networks that neither of us are on, you know, or neither of each other are on and I'm the only go between. Right. And you mm-hmm. see how that immediately creates a step where like a telephone game has to happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we're all three on the same social network, then we see each other's posts and are able to react to them accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets into like, to what degree do social networks replicate and potentially enhance the same sorts of interactions that people would have in person if they lived near each other versus our sort of like distanced society that we have today. Like I don't have any actual friends in the town I live in aside from like my brothers and Sandra. Mm -hmm. I don't, but I've got you guys in Utah. I've got my friends group in Georgia. I've got a friends group in Alabama, one in in Mississippi, you know, um, some in Portland. And the only way that I can communicate with them is through social networks. Right. Um, And I've actually created linkages between people who never would have met each other before in the past by nature of my friendship with them individually, because they're on the same social network. And so my friends from like Portland have met my friends from uh, Alabama, you know what I mean? And now we'll do like Dungeons and Dragons stuff together. So and that would that would be impossible. So would you advocate then for combining like. Twitter and Facebook and Reddit and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that social networks should have um, like, like to kind of answer you tangentially, I think that social networks should function by function, right? So like Facebook is for kind of spreading relationships, if that makes sense. Um, like, like what Facebook does is takes all of the sort of micro expressions that individuals make on a daily basis. The things that we find interesting, the shit where you elbow your spouse and you say, Hey, check out this fucking, you know, post that I saw. Isn't this funny? Right. As well as like marriages, children, you know, divorces, that kind of thing. And it aggregate aggregates that social space. Right. Um, Twitter to me is for is, is predominantly for socially important people to, easily distribute their messages to the their fan base or their follower base and then reddit for me is more of like an information distribution i could see potentially blending like 
Twitter and Reddit, but I couldn't really see blending Facebook with either Twitter or Reddit because of the way that their architectures set themselves up. Um, and I think that's okay. You know, I think that something like Flickr, um, which I think may have been bought by Facebook, but functions kind of separate and apart from it, um, probably should stay, say, stay its own thing because it's all about images, right? There's no, there's not really any text. No, it's about yeah. people sharing image, right? Not like, like, Instagram like Instagram is sharing images too, but yeah. you know, put stories on it, right? On Flickr. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, if there was one that was just about like cat videos, you know, and then you get into like subreddits, right? Because you could easily say like, okay, Flickr should go away because it could just be a subreddit that shares images, right? So I, I guess, and it's kind of a couched answer, Dan, and, and like, I don't have, I don't have a more direct answer to you, but I think that, um, how would you put it? I don't necessarily think that there's value in breaking up a social network because I think that that proves that like things can be done efficiently or, or, you know, better when they're glommed together. But if they have not glommed together, then I don't think that we need to force that. Does that make sense? The way I'm saying it? I'm not sure. Just because, just because you know, Facebook has not only you know purchased other social networks and incorporated them into its code base, but they've also duplicated a lot of the functionality of other social networks. You know, like mm-hmm. the My Stories thing is similar to like Snapchat, right? And right, right. They've they've purchased Instagram and have kept it an independent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. portion yeah. portion of well, the Facebook under the Facebook umbrella but it's yeah. like my brother doesn't have Facebook but he has Instagram so usually I post all my stuff like photo wise to Instagram but then it shares from Instagram onto Facebook mm-hmm. yeah. so my brother can see it and my parents can also view shit mm-hmm. right and, and I think my response to that Dan would be um, kind of the same thing as the Edison company right if if Facebook was buying up other social media to then mothball them and make them completely inaccessible to anyone. You know, like if Facebook had like bought Instagram and then shuttered it and used that intellectual property to prevent anyone from making something, you know, intellectually similar or identical to Instagram. So as to prevent that market niche from being filled, I would disagree with that. Right. Um, Just like when Edison, like basically made fucking, which one did he make look awful? Right. Was it alternating current or direct current? Uh, Direct it was current. AC because yeah yeah direct. No, it was because we're, we're on behind. AC yeah yeah, and that's what Edison and, promoted yeah. yeah yeah where he he basically like squatted on that right. If, if yeah. Facebook was doing something like that, I would disagree with it. But where it seems to be that they're saying, hey, we already we like have that. two billion nodes connected. Um, let's do your idea, but with a much larger user base, and then that's successful in the market. And it, it, you know, obviously it paves over the people who had the original idea and like that's problematic. And the people who had that idea that gets absorbed into the Borg need to be compensated for that. Um, but it's not like they're making that technology or that way of viewing the world inaccessible anymore. They've just merged it into the Borg. And so I would say again, like the solution to that is, is that there needs to be some sort of like independent and and not money oriented, um, you know, committee or council or what have you that has some degree of say in what goes on with such an organization. Because, like, I'm with you. Right. Facebook's involvement with Cambridge Analytica is corrupt as fuck. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facebook's involvement in like 
hostile military actions, especially in like Southeast Asia, is awful. Um, but I mean, their you capitulation the to China and their right, rules, right. like yeah, yeah. But I, I think, like personally, I see that as being like you can use fire to cook a steak or to like burn a person to death. You know what I mean? And I think that Facebook and its utilization of the internet to create social networks is like fire in that regard. And we just need to start setting up rules as to how we use fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that point for sure. I think my problem comes in to the monetization of all of that and to the monetization mm-hmm. of its users data, right? Where, yeah, where they, they set up, they set up and create this monopoly where they are the only company or corporation who is making money from these users who are, you know, using this service for free, you know, in scare scare Mm -hmm. quotes, because they're mining and selling all of the user's data to corporations for, you know, ad buys, uh, selected targeting of advertisements, Mm -hmm. um, Cambridge Analytica to (laughs) to sway political opinions on things like that's, that's a huge problem. And, you know, if we have a government in place, like let's pretend that Trump, you know, won the last election. Mm -hmm. And if he were in power and then could use the power of the United States government to control and manipulate the way in which Facebook uses user data in order to Mm -hmm. stay in power, that's a huge fucking problem. Right. And that, I mean, that's only an administration away. That's, that's an every four year change in our government that could lead to absolute tyranny because of one social media company. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and vis-a-vis China's use of a social credit score. I, I agree with you. Um, which is why I, I deliberately strayed away from saying it should be handled like a utility. And you've heard my arguments in the past as to how some things ought to be handled like a utility that way. Um, to one degree, I think it's kind of a distinction without a difference in terms of the ability of an organization like, say, the NSA to scrape Internet data. There's a lot of that information that the government could theoretically collect anyway. Um, Facebook just kind of does an extra level of of um processing right and dissemination that that just raw internet data doesn't currently do what's that fine tuning yeah pretty much pretty much um you know so that's why i said like it needs to be an independent body that's not really um accountable or not accountable but not beholden to like big interests in some way um, and like I, the I don't you know, smarter brain than me would have to be the kind of person to say like, what the fuck that looks like. Right. Some yeah. sort of board of editors or something like that. Um, well, did you watch that social dilemma? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, cause yeah, I had, I had listened to some, some analytical podcast or another that kind of broke down some inaccuracies within it. Well, um, I just, there was one line in it where the guy basically said, if you're getting something for free, you are the product. Oh yeah. Like, and and that like, is I never even thought about it that way, but yeah. yeah. Yep. If, it, if it's free and it costs money to do it, mm-hmm. what's being sold? It's they're selling it's you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a book. I can't remember the title. I read it like eight or so years ago. Um, it's on my shelf. I'll grab it after this. Um, 
where the guy is talking about that kind of issue, that especially you, Dan, were talking about how like Facebook has all of this this data about us and it uses it for advertising and all that jazz in exchange for a free quote fingers product, right? And this guy argues that the paradigm needs to be reversed so that rather than Facebook saying, hey, since you're using our service, we're going to collect this data on you. We're going to have this profile of you and we're going to use it for like ads and that kind of shit, right? He says that the alternative should be instead that an individual has basically a code set that they may or may not ever themselves look at, but that the property right of of their um internet footprint so to speak right mm-hmm. the the metadata um their demographics their psychographics all of that information is something that's held on to by them and rather than you accepting the terms and conditions of a website when you go to it that they can use you know your data x y and z way when you go to facebook facebook says all right well it's going to be five dollars a month to use facebook or free if we're allowed to access your user data profile And you are the one who controls, you know, hey, Facebook, like this is my profile. You are only legally allowed to use it if I give you consent and I can withdraw consent at any time. Um, And at that point, it would take enforcement by by government agencies to say you, Facebook, are not allowed to retain a permanent file of this individual's, you know, psychographic, demographic, you know, whatever information, their digital footprint. Um, if they withdraw their consent and then there would have to be some sort of enforcement arm that prevents them from from retaining that information if you do withdraw that consent and it would have to build itself on something like the dcma or whatever it's called in uh, europe the the right to be forgotten and we just don't have that in the u.s Um, but he he kind of conceptualized this idea that is to a small degree being implemented in europe um, several years before that happened. And I'll have to grab the book to give you a more thorough explanation of his idea. Cause it's been, you know, a long time since I read it, but mm-hmm. he kind of got after that, that the, re- that there needs to be a reversal in terms of us owning our data and electing to let them use it as opposed to them keeping it and selling us ourselves for the privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm increasingly becoming more and more concerned about, uh, you know, these, these large social media companies who do have, you know, complete and total ownership over basically public opinion. You know, they can sway public opinion. If Facebook wanted to, they could manipulate the entire population of at least the United States you know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not as prevalent in countries like, you know, in in developing countries or countries with totalitarian or author, author authoritarian rule like, you know, China, Saudi Arabia, places like that, right? Like like China mm-hmm. has its own social media network that is controlled by the mm-hmm. government, and right. through that, they are able to influence and sway political opinion within their own country. And I worry mm-hmm. that Facebook is on the verge of, of doing the same thing here. Hello, this is Stu DeHaan, co-chapter head of the Satanic Temple Arizona chapter, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. I've been itemizing my thoughts. Thought 309. Every year we pass the pre-anniversary of our death, but we don't even know it, so we don't get presents. Seriously, Matt, we need, we need the codes now. So. Thought 14. Poor octopus. Eight arms, but no hands. Fuck you, Cot. Yeah, that is a good point. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. So guys, um, uh-huh. what, what, how do you think it would turn out if you got a very Christian Republican lawmaker as your substitute teacher? Um, I don't know. I mean, am I a student at this time? Yeah, you're a student. You're a student going to the school and you figure, uh, ah, substitute teacher day's going to be fucking easy. <laughs> we'll, we'll ignore what the, they'll put on a video for us to watch yeah. the whole yeah. time. Roll out the cart and we'll watch some Bill Nye for the day. Yeah. <laughs> nah, not when your substitute teacher comes there with the agenda to proselytize to you. Oh, no. Yeah, Kansas State Rep. Mark Samsel, a conservative Christian Republican who boasts about his favorite Bible verses during his campaign, uh, was arrested Thursday on charges of misdemeanor battery after assaulting a student in the classroom. Wait, is his name Mark Samson, did you say? Samsel. Samsel. Oh, Samsel. Samsel or Samsel. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam can't Sam sell me anything. Uh, that didn't go over well. <laughs> it was not a not a smooth Boo. not a smooth no, thing. That didn't go well. That didn't go well. <laughs> what? So what did he do? <sighs> okay, so he was brought in to be a substitute teacher for their art class. Uh huh. And while he was in there, he did some some shitty things, and um, students took video. So there is actual video to back up him saying this shit. Uh, and in one video, he, uh, Sam sells tells students about a sophomore who tried killing himself three times, adding that it was because he has two parents and they're both females. Oh, no. Heaven forbid. Yeah. So he's just he's just sharing the word of God that if you're got gay parents and you're going to want to kill yourself because it's just bad. What is that? What That's basically doing. He's basically trying to share a story of a kid that was committing suicide because he was upset that he had gay parents. What? What the fuck? Mm. Why? This and this guy is is employed by the state. Where was this? Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. As so, a, well, he was employed as a substitute teacher, and he's also a state representative. Oh my! In another video, he says, "Who likes making babies?" That feels good, doesn't it? Procreate. You haven't masturbated. Don't answer that question. God already knows. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he said that. So he's an elected representative in the state of Kansas for for just state politics, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know what. It just said he's a... State representative, so I'm not sure what what he actually gets to do. So he's at the uh, state house, yeah, yeah. Um, Not in like Congress or. And he's telling kids that it's fun to have sex, but don't masturbate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. In an art class where he's acting as a substitute teacher. Yep. So he's telling these kids right now. It feels good to make babies. Go ahead and procreate, but don't you dare touch that ding dong with your bare hand and make her goo goo. What? what? Did, <laughs> did he say that? 
Oh no. Uh, nice. Very nice. Um, there's another point where he starts getting angry at this kid. Um, and he says, you're not following, not my rules. God's God rules right now. He tells the student, you better take a Bible. Keep denying God. Keep denying God. See how it's going to turn out. And then later he says to that same student, um, you're about to anger me and get the wrath of God. Do you believe yeah. me when I tell you that God has been speaking to me? Then he pushes him and the student runs to the other side of the classroom. Yeah. Um, and then he need the student in the groin um, and told the rest of the class that they have permission to kick him in the balls. Yeah. So he's assaulting students in the classroom while acting as a substitute teacher for an art class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds like it's entirely within the scope of duties of a substitute teacher for an art class. <laughs> what yeah. the what's, fuck? What's, what's even worse is he sees nothing wrong with what he did and even says that he planned on doing this. He went there that day with the specific goal of acting in that manner. Like he, he, he plotted this out on, on, on whatever, like in, like in a, fuck, I don't know. Like maybe him and his wife talked about it. Being like, I'm going to go teach these kids about God today. He used Microsoft project, (laughs) (laughs) created an IMS for how he was going to instruct students that it's great to have sex, uh, but don't masturbate. And also you should knee your non-believing peers in the groin. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what this guy's all about. And he's uh, not ashamed about it either. I hope he goes to jail for more than just like simple assault. Like, well, I was going to say, has he been charged with assault or anything? Like, are there, are there any? Yeah. Well, he was Mr. Misdemeanor battery is -hmm. what he got arrested for and charged with. But I mean, this could also be assault of a minor. Uh huh. Assault in front of minors. Uh-huh. If a minor there, I mean, that's so many accessories you can tack onto it. But being that he's from Kansas and he's a nice Christian Republican, he probably ain't going to get a whole lot. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. He's what? close enough to Lawrence. He's probably going to get protests for the rest of his fucking life. The one, the one good thing though is when he told the other students that they could knee that kid in the balls. None of them did. Oh, good. Good on those kids. Yeah. None yeah. of those kids took the opportunity to go kick the kid in the balls because they're better than him. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, this kind of gets into a thing of like, I've been, I've been going back and listening to a lot of like earlier movement atheism stuff. Right. And for a long time, there was a lot of questioning, like to what degree is religion a mental illness, right? To what degree is adhering to religion, a mental illness, or is it like a comorbid kind of thing? You know, are there people in religion who have mental illness and the religion ends up being their expression of that mental illness? It exacerbates it, it. What's that? That it exacerbates their their mental illness, perhaps? Or? Not only that it exacerbates it, but also kind of um, creates a cover for it. Uh-huh. You know, like if you think that you hear voices in your head, right? you're called insane. But if you think that that voice is Jesus, then it's socially acceptable. Mm. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's not to paint all, all mental illness with a broad brush, but like this guy probably has a mental illness. Right. Um, 
but that his mental illness is being expressed in terms of religion and and the far right means that he has a whole segment of society, multiple overlapping segments of society, who are perfectly willing to give this this insane, truly insane behavior a pass um, because he's speaking their language. And like, how do we address this as a society? Yeah. You know, because well, I mean, like he 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 need a fucking kid in the balls, right? Like in any sane society, that man would go to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think this guy might be violent. Just because of, well, I mean, this is might <laughs> just be because you here need a, a kid in the groin. <laughs> well, apparently in, in Kansas, there is currently a law that exempts spouses from laws governing sexual battery. What? And yeah, that's fucked up. Well, Wait. this last year, someone brought up a new law to try to overturn that. He opposed it. <sighs> he opposed a law to overturn a law that basically allows you to have rape your wife. I mean, that would be like a member of the house opposing a sex trafficking bill and then getting <laughs> caught sex trafficking. Yeah. I can't imagine a circumstance. Like <laughs> <laughs> Matt Gates. <coughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I, I can't believe a lot of the things that, are are done and that people get away with as long as they say that it was in support of their religious belief, right? Like mm-hmm. tell me, that, man, we should start a cult. <laughs> well, just, just how much fuckery goes on in the name of God. Like if, if a God were to exist, you would imagine that any just God would say, Hey, what the fuck are you doing in in my name? Like the things that you're doing right now to degrade, dehumanize and harm your fellow human beings is not at all what I would want you to do as the creator well, of that human being. I mean, depends. Like, are we talking Old Testament God or New Testament God? Yeah, yeah, true. Well, well, I said any just God. So really right. neither. <laughs> I mean, at that point, we're talking like what the Epictetus dilemma, or was that was that the one? Epictetus talking, dilemma. I don't know who, who was who was the guy that the Socratic dialogue took place with. Fucking, uh, um, if there, so somebody somebody in the comments is going to blow us up, and please do because <laughs> I've forgotten the guy's name. Oh, Euthyphro's dilemma. Euthyphro's uh, dilemma. Okay, so yeah. in the Socratic dialogue with Euthyphro. Um, you know, they talk about the idea of justice and what makes a God good or just. Right. Uh-huh. And, and they basically come down to this quaternary. They say um, it does, does what is good come from God? If so, it's arbitrary. Right. Uh-huh. Um, if God happens to be good and just, then we don't need a God to tell us what goodness and justice are God is just following the, those same rules along with the rest of us. Right. And that gets into the like real youth of dilemma, which is um, if God, it, there is evil in the world. So if God is good, he can't be powerful enough to stop that evil. Mm-hmm. Or if he's powerful enough to stop the evil, he's not good enough to do so, or he's useless. Right. One well, that leads into things like divine command theory, right? Where is it? Is it good because God says so, or is it good 
by itself? Like, could God ever command you to do something that isn't good, or is everything that God says good? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, precisely. Murdering um, your son. And, and that gets into, like, free will arguments, right? Because mm-hmm. I can conceptualize, right? Like, uh, so so you can only extend your elbow so far, right? Mm-hmm. Before before the joint stops you, right? That's a physical limitation that the human body has. Yeah. Um, it is essentially impossible for a human to drown themselves uh, unassisted, right? Like if you if you took a cistern of water and put your face in it with the intent of killing yourself, uh, sorry, with the intent of killing yourself, you would pull your head out before you drown because of like deep seated lizard brain level like survival impulses that mm-hmm. mammal brains have, right? Mm-hmm. And if that exists, like, and if we know that we live in a world where that exists, a god that developed us could have been able to instill the same level of will restriction to prevent humans from like raping and stealing from and killing each other on the same basis. Mm. Um, and yet did not, Mm -hmm. which indicates either a lack of that morality or a lack of a creator or both. Yeah. Because how could a good God allow people to do things that are, inherently and intrinsically bad and harmful yeah 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 why don't humans have isaac asimov's laws of robotics with regards to each other because it's all about free will and he wants to allow us the choice but he also knows everything and knows everything that we're going to do so mm-hmm. yeah. why do you pray are yeah. you trying to change what he's already planned yeah 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 and who are right. you to question god's plan mm-hmm. yeah and if he's or watching this movie called mankind he needs some entertainment at some point mm-hmm. Yeah, and if he and if and if a god, you know, requires or has any desires or needs at all, then that god necessarily is not perfect in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. it has wants, needs, or desires that cannot be satisfied or are not satisfied in its perfect nature, by and of itself alone, which means mm-hmm. that it's not perfect, right? Huh. Hmm. Weird how, you know, all of these little bits of logic lead you to the conclusion that, you know, there's probably no God, but if one exists, it's not really one that you should worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As uh, as Christopher Hitchens said, you know, if I ever found myself presented with the God of the Bible, the first thing you'd say is that there's a lot of explaining that that God needs to do. (laughs) Yeah. You need to justify to me why you're such a fucking monster and and why I should ever think that you are worthy of worship because <laughs> from everything yeah. I'm seeing around me, you're just not. You're kind yeah. of a terrible thing. You're kind of a dick. Yeah. And uh, with that, we have a shot our load, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't going to go there this week. Our time, our time for this episode has expired. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going, keep the servers serving, and us and us talkers talking, and uh, and the episodes a flowing. 
So uh, let's do. I'll go first, and then we'll we'll go with uh, Taylor, and then Ryan will will bring up the rear. Wait, wait. Does that put me on that one again? <laughs> wait, which order did we go in last week? I don't know. Let's, I think Ryan was number three last week as yeah, well. Yeah, let's not make number me number three, three this week. Okay, All right, okay. So it. you can go. You can go second, Ryan. Okay. All right. I'll kick I'll, us I'm off. I'm gonna fuck that up again. <laughs> so a very special thank you goes out to two skeptical chaps, Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrus. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. All hail Peanut Butra. Andrew Vodapich. Corey Ebert. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Megan Mitchell. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Freethinker215. Matthew Sanders. Chad Pryor. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Davida Kuna. Jean-Paul Sart. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. And James. Thank you all so very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode and you get all kinds of fun things. Not the least of which is knowing that you are supporting us in keeping these episodes flowing to the public through your But also things like bonus episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bonus episodes, Uh, extended episodes, clips from the cutting room floor, extended outtakes, all kinds of shit like that that is fun and more listening enjoyment for you as a participant and financial beneficent patron financial because we're we would be the beneficiaries yes yes yeah dan had a big drink and has had uh, (laughs) a little more alcohol than he is accustomed to these days because shit and things and it's been a long week and my god i'm looking forward to the weekend (laughs) Hmm. holy cow Uh, thank you both very much for joining me for this episode. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. If you have any questions, desires, things that you would like us to talk about, uh, things that you think we believe, or things that not we believe, that you believe we got wrong <laughs> in this episode, past episodes, future episodes, because you can read our minds or think that we may be talking about stuff in the future, let us know. Drop us a line. You can reach us on the Twitters, on the Facebooks. While we are still there and Donald Trump is not and (laughs) wherever else you may find us and through email as well. You can find all of our contact information in the show notes and we have the lovely, not lovely, the lovely Megan Mitchell who uh, does our little interstitial pieces welcoming you back to the show and all of that kind of stuff, providing contact information and, and fun stuff like that. And that's all I have for today's episode. So I'm going to say thank you very much and goodbye. Bye, motherfuckers. Attack so much yet. <laughs> oh, I don't know Spanish. <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. 
Uh, give me a, about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking right. Why you are you fucking, suddenly You fucking that? guy. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can bring us in with some fucked up shit. Okay. What was that? Was that was that <laughs> that, was, that was Swedish in like a Borat <laughs> accent? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't know Spanish. <laughs> That's my respond to every foreign language. <laughs> oh, that was perfect, right? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.